Okay, welcome to the new season of FPL. Number number one episode. We're going to just be talking about some player options just before the deadline. Um, so who we got here? Tell yourselves who's here. Uh, yeah, I'm Thomas. Thomas. No, no, I'm Thomas. I'm here. Uh, Pierce is also here. Pierce, yeah. Yeah. Pierce, Twitter, Twitter handle at the <laughs> CFC Insider, you know? Like that. <laughs> Yeah, at FPL Insider, lads. Uh, uh, the L Celtic for myself. So, huge season, especially for us this season. This is our first ever year with cash involved. We've got ourselves a £200 pot and a few other people involved. So, it's going to be a, that bit more interesting. So, why don't we get right into it? You guys got any, um, any major points you want to start off with? I mean, if, if we want to start right off the top, I think... Start with Arsenal, yeah. Yeah, start yeah, alphabetically order. I think also playing first. Arsenal, yeah. yeah that's, we'll, let's, we'll do, let's do this. Let's just go team by team. Yeah, I think team by team. If you go with Arsenal first, I think your dilemma is overall. I think the midfield. I feel like a lot of people have Jesus, as we know from just from how many he's what the most owned player at the start of FPL or something like that, like mm. ever. Ever. Um, yeah. And then you I got that, might, that yeah. dilemma between. Yeah, you got. Jesus is locked in for pretty much everyone. And then midfield is the dilemma between Martinelli and Saka uh, with Smith Rowe now out supposedly for uh, the first two games, I think it is. Yeah. Or three games. And then, and then obviously uh, there are new signings in Chenko who's like done well under in a city system. Arteta knows him well. I think that's like, those are your three options. Then a lot of people for a fourth are considering uh, Ramsdale and Cole. I think that's like, you, so you really got your, your one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like your third. Jesus is, the, is yeah. the lock in. I can guarantee all three of us have Jesus. There's no, nothing to hide there. But um, in terms of your midfielders, I think the pricing, uh, uh, if you're looking at the obvious argument of eight mil midfielders, there's a very you know, strong argument that, that Saka is the strongest of the eight mil midfielders based on his performances last season. And he could be on penalties this season, an even bigger boost, considering he only took one last season. So that could be an extra five or six goals on his end. But then you've also got Martinelli, who's now six mil, almost nailed on that left wing, you would say, especially with Smith Rowe injured for this first game week. And at that price, six mil, considering his output last season with the amount of minutes that you played, you could, you know, you know, double those minutes and his, his goal tally is pretty impressive. So the value for money on him is, is difficult to look away from. And then, and then you're looking, can you do a triple Arsenal attack? I think that's what some people on Twitter are sort of eyeing up. Yeah, I don't think triple Arsenal is the way to go. I think there's also value in the defence, so that's why. Um, but the, the, the difficulties picking between Martinelli and Saka... Um, and I, I like Saka so much. I had him for the longest time last year. I, I was my Mr. Reliable, basically. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know, this year it's a bit, it's it, early on, like the first time I put in my team, I thought he was like the one person I'd never take out. And he's been going in and out and in and out. Um, and that's partially because of Martinelli getting a bit more, uh, I guess, like expected minutes. Tom. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I think Saka's being a bit underlooked, but I think it's also quite fair to not bring in Saka considering people aren't really sure who's on penalties. 
Yeah. And if you find out Saka's on penalties, then I, I think it's pretty obvious. I do yeah. have to say, yeah, it, it is le- looking like it's leaning towards Saka. I think most people will agree on that. But it's it's almost like, is that two mil? Two mil is a lot of money in FPL. There's a lot you can maneuver with that. And is the difference, okay, Saka will probably score more than Martinelli. I don't think anyone doubts that. But the two mil that you could spread around your team could overhaul that gap in the points difference between them. Yeah, I mean, Martinelli had 110 points. was more than I thought. Uh, from very limited minutes as well yeah like he I mean and Saka 180 is a really good season but I think I wouldn't be surprised to see Martinelli hit 150 this year but as long as like he's being trusted in a starting role somewhat well I think I think the issue is that, that Arsenal actually really do have a lot of options there in the left wing you know depending on how Jesus does as a starting striker maybe you can move out left and they play up in Ketty up top they could play you know Smith Rowe left wing yeah, uh, there's there's a few options. That means that if everyone's fit in the midst of they're playing Europa League, maybe his minutes won't be as nailed. But just going through these first four or five fixtures, start of the season, I think you can guarantee him getting you know three, four, five starts even. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Also, I think it's best to probably play out for the next five, six game weeks, not the next like you know ten to twelve, because. Yeah. I think very likely I can see everyone playing the wild cards, which is yeah. a bit odd because they don't. We all have really good teams. I think at this point, like everyone's comfortable with what they have. Most years you have two or three guys where you're very unsure, um, but you kind of have to take them for like money purposes and all that, and they're a bit of a risk. But this year it's a lot easier, I think. Yeah. Who's starting? Also afford a lot more players who are nailed and good. But with the World um, Cup, we've got that you know that wild card. We got the extra wild card which means that basically everyone's going to be wildcarding game week sort of 6 to 12, which means that you can, it's not even a season of, you know, your set and forgets of your, you know, your James Ward-Prowses. You have them in there. They'll score every three weeks, guaranteed, you know. They're pretty fixture-proof. That's not the season for that. This is the season for, like, you bring in, you really attack fixtures, you know. You look at who has the best five fixtures coming up and you bring in the best attackers. It's like you just really got to attack every single team with the best fixtures and then you can wildcard to to re-maneuver your team basically every six weeks mm-hmm. yeah yeah don't uh, we also get during during world cup it's like unlimited transfers as well right like you can maneuver yeah. your team around that entire Probably, period something like that but just that month so it's not necessarily an extra one yeah. but it's just like a wild card during that, that period yeah it's kind of just like a safety belt for people yeah. to just be like okay i can move if someone gets injured like during the final or something like that which is nice no, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so it's good. So, I mean, with these extra wild cards, if you feel if your teams are, you know, you're falling behind your mini league or whatever, you've got several different chances to sort of rebuild your teams and maybe go. Obviously, everyone at the start of the season wants to go a bit safe. You want to, you know, you want to have a good strong start, but then later on, on in the season, we have a good opportunity to get some differentials in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who's, who's what do you guys think of uh, defenders at the back for Arsenal? Arsenal. I mean, first of all, I mean, the pricing is quite generous for Arsenal. That was one of the main things that came out. So Tommy Asu was injured for that first game week. He was the one being eyed up. So he's probably thrown out now. And then you've got Ben White, zero attacking output. So you're going for the clean sheets, basically. But I think really, when you when you really look into their fixtures, I personally don't think there's many guaranteed clean sheets in there. And... So I think you really want to be looking at more of an attacking threat if you're getting an Arsenal defender. 
So I think you're looking at your your Gabriels, great from set pieces. Maybe Zinchenko. I'm still I'm still quite unsure with him because you don't know. I think the way that Arsenal play with their fullbacks, he could come in as a midfielder, and I think he's more going to be the guy that assists the assists rather than bomb the line like Kieran Tierney does and get a ball in. Yeah, I agree. I'm not really sure about the hype on Zinchenko. Yeah, I, agree. Uh, I think he's a, re- a brilliant football player. He can play anywhere, really. So um, he, he'll definitely be useful to Arsenal. You will see him in the attack and he'll be doing a lot. But uh, yeah, like you said, I think it's going to be the, like, the hockey assist type stuff. And Tierney, with Tierney's fitness record, like people are saying he's going to be a centre mid like for Arsenal, which is completely fair. I understand that. But while Tierney's injured, which, you know, as we know, Tierney <laughs> out for really long extended spells. Sure, once he goes into midfield, I could see him getting, you know, four or five goals, which is a classified defender is great. But for the start of the season, he's not going to be playing there. Yeah. I think if, if he's at left back, I think he's better than centre mid almost, to be honest. Like, I don't know. I disagree. I disagree. I think he'll be playing higher up because really? Thomas Party still, as of right now. But don't uh, you think if he's playing left back in a back five, then, then he'll be higher up as well? If they're going to allow him to get up. As I mean, they're mid, not... They're not necessarily the playing a, a back five, though. I think I think they will line up with a four-three-three. Really? Yeah. Fair enough. I, yeah, I'm and not if, really sure on that, but I, I I'm not really keen on Zinchenko. I, I think it's more yeah. a way to see how far he gets to the field. But if he does get into possessions a lot in the first couple of weeks, then I think he's definitely a good pick at five. No, I, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think I wouldn't. I re, I'm not really. He's not really one of the main guys I'm looking to sort of force into my 11. Yeah. Um, and then I guess just Ramsdale left. But I think Ramsdale's obviously a good pick. They'll give save points. But as I, I mean, up to you, whatever you guys think. Some people are backing Ramsdale. I personally just don't see any guaranteed clean sheets. So I'm just personally. No, I think he's, he's, at, he's at five mil as well. I think it's, five mil's good it's a little. There are, you also have like your premium options as well, which. I've seen a lot on Twitter and on Reddit that people are starting to take. I think a lot of people have have Ederson, which is kind of an interesting standpoint. I, I've never been one about for premium goalkeepers, but yeah, there is that argument for right now, especially with people going like I guess disregarding Ramsdale. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah. Ederson, yeah. I mean we'll get on to Man City in a little bit, so we'll uh, we'll just leave that one for now. Um, so Aston Villa. We've talked. We, we've talked about Arsenal. What do you guys think of Villa? Any options? They've got yeah. a very good start. They've got. I don't, great yeah. I don't think there's tons to talk about with Villa, but I think if you really wanted to go for something odd for the first four game weeks, you could do Martinez. Um, but I don't know if that's really value. May as well like. Uh, I mean, I disagree with Villa. I think their first. So their first four fixtures are Bournemouth, Everton, and Crystal Palace. That yeah, and which is nice. But... Good four fixtures. And then you've got Matty Cash and Luca Dean, who, you know, I I saw at Rangers, Steven Gerrard is really, really big on, on getting his fullbacks off the pitch. They play like a, a diamond. They play a midfield diamond and the fullbacks go right up. So I think I think they're, both of them, I, I would back to get a goal or assist on, for both of them in those first four fixtures. And then, and then the fixtures get tough. That's when you, you're kind of bringing in players to transfer out. And then... Yeah. I think those those two guys, I would, I would, I would, you know, I would, I wouldn't think they're the worst choice. And then you're looking at midfielders who currently, right now, Phil Coutinho is one of the highest selected players in midfield, which I personally think is is a terrible decision. Um, 
he's nailed. He's a nailed starter. I no taking that away, but for that price point, you can just get better players. And even still, as Steven Gerrard has alluded to, Leon Bailey will be starting the season. Five mil midfielder, pretty explosive. And, you know, he's just 0.5 off the cheapest midfielder. I think he'll be in a lot of most people's teams. Yeah, no, I, I think Be- Bailey's like a, a, a obvious one, I guess, if everyone, you know, everyone on Twitter is talking about him. But also, like, Gerard's had a lot of praise for him. Um, he's also said a lot of stuff himself, like he's super ready and stuff like that. So I imagine you'll be looking at hoping to get the best of what we've at least seen of him in the Prem. Um, and he hasn't been bad. He's just been kind of going through, like, a patch of spell every now and then, yeah. which wasn't really good enough. And he has some injury stuff, so. Oh, for sure. Um, no doubting that he's he's an injury concern. But yeah. you know what? what like, when, yeah, but when you say Dinier, Tom, I, I like Dinier. Honestly, like I do, but I'm, I'm just not prepared. I literally am not prepared to go back to him and like yeah. go I think we've everything all, I've done yeah, last year. There's no doubting we've all been cursed by, by Luca Dean at, at one point in our FPL careers. Yeah. My I think the worst, the worst one I remember was picking Luca Dean over Matty Cash for that double game week. Cash went off injured in the first game. And sorry, Dean went off injured for, in that first game and yeah. Cash ended the double game week with like 25 points. So that was pretty hard. That was when I, when I free-hitted and I had both, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, that was wild. But yeah, ba- Bailey's good. I think Watkins is going to be good and I think he will be good value, but I'm not sure anyone is willing to give up like an extra million or so for a forward. Yeah. Um, but yeah. he's also the bonus every time he scores and like, I think he's a solid pick. Like, if he gets on, the, if he gets anywhere on the score sheet, he's going to have like nine, eight to nine points at plus. He's a good player. Yeah. He's just he is at that price point where he's difficult to get in. He's, you know, he's a bit of a rotation issue with yeah. with things, and you know, he's he's almost a transfer waiting to happen because of his fixtures turning. So he's he's just a difficult one to get in. Agreed. Um. So next team, Bournemouth. Yeah. Do we have anything to say about Bournemouth? We'll leave them. <laughs> I think they're they're a waste of time. I don't think anyone has. And yeah, I mean, yeah. The first three fixtures. Are Dom terrible. Solanke. No one fancies Dom Solanke. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You might get you might get two goals in five games. You never know. Like yeah, for Thomas, put your money where your mouth is. If there's anyone, yeah, if there's anyone you're going to bring in from Bournemouth, it will probably be Solanke. But I doubt it. He's okay. Brentford. Brentford are an interesting one. I think there are several options. I think more in actually goalkeeper people. He's he yeah, seems Raya. Uh, Raya seems to be the most popular four point five option right now. Um, I mean, their their first couple fixtures are difficult, but then it, they go through a really really good run of games, which is probably what people are bringing them in for. Yeah, I I think Brentford's interesting. I think they're I think their attacks are wait and see. Or I, I honestly am not interested at all. I wasn't really interested last season, but they proved me wrong by the end. Yeah, um, but I, I think they're a wait and see at the top because Ericsson's gone and he's just a pure creator. Yeah, uh, so, and he's gonna have to find that from somewhere else. But their their backline's possible. Um, like Jansen's actually quite interesting. He, had, well, I think, it was a ridiculous amount of big chances or something last year. He had like the he was number one or something like that for defenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I'm not sure that's gonna continue. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't really go for the wing backs even though they will get the odd points here and there, but. Raya's definitely an option, especially because everyone, every Brentford fan has been saying like he's 100% starting, like he's too good with his feet. Mm-hmm. Um, he obviously was really, really good last year for a 4.5 option. He still is this year, so. Yeah, no, for sure. Like uh, Tony, Tony would be the one that people maybe consider up front. 
I mean, he, I mean, Loki from a non FPL perspective, he had a, a great season. It's just so happened that his great form coincided with all the double game weeks. So no one brought him in, but he was bagging in goals left, right, and center. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think Tony is a brilliant football player. Like, he's actually unbelievably good. He's unreal, like, with his back goal. And he's also fast and he can dribble at people, he can shoot. But good header of the ball as well. Yeah, he's got it all. Like, I'm no, waiting for striker. I think it's. I could see him 100% going to like Spurs or something next. Even be- probably even better. Like, I, mean, I think. He, I think. I think Newcastle seems to have their eye on him. I oh yeah, that, that's the child as well. Yeah. Um, he's yeah. gonna. Be, he'll be expensive buy, but. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What, what's next? Uh, uh Brighton. Oh, Brighton's an interesting one. Like, I think Brighton's got so much value in that squad, but yeah. you got to pick the right players at the right time. They really are. They're, they're just a difficult one because there's a lot of change in the team. You know, Basuma's gone, so that you know that will likely hinder the defense. And then you've got the the whole sort of midfield. If I get it up here, the predicted midfield of of Brighton next season for the start of next season is McAllister, Moises, Caicedo, uh, Mueku. You know, Trossard, Gross. There's a lot of there's four of them who are attacking midfielders there, and. It's almost like give them a few, three, four games, get some data on them, and then sort of, you know, get in, get in the boys you like. Yeah, I mean, they're the, they're the XG merchants, like they the entire XG team. Fans. Like, yeah, and they're gonna come. They're, they're gonna come good at some point. Yeah, I mean, what didn't they just? Are they going to sign a new striker? Or they just signed a new striker? Who was? No, they've got or something like that. They've got. Or, they 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 loan. They bought a player in January, Undav from yeah 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 uh, from the Belgian league. You had a really good season. But yeah, he's going to be one that's going to take a couple of weeks to sort of bed in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was really if, so if he starts bagging, that's a that's a guarantee for in most teams. Yeah, yeah you just put him as your third striker or something yeah. like that. There, there, there really is a 4.5 striker out there right now. So, like, as soon as a good 5.5 option pops yeah. up, people are going to be on it. It's going to be like last season with all the 5.5s, like Dennis, King. Um, who else am I missing? There was a few 5.5 strikers last season that, could, that sort of popped off. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. mainly. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, the defence, the thing is with Brighton as well is because they've got, I think they've got an elite manager, a top six capable manager. I think they're yeah. capable of getting clean sheets against anyone. Like, I think at the tail end of last season, they were really, really good, and they they climbed up the table. They went through they went through a patch mid, mid mid season where they sort of fell off, but they ended it really strong. And I think if they they lost, they're probably losing Kukurella. They've lost Basuma. It's going to be a tough season, but I think often Graham Potter just you know always can bring out a good performance. Yeah, and that yeah. shows his quality as a manager as well. Like he's gonna, I think he's gonna do well. Like he, I, he, I wouldn't be surprised in a couple of years, like top six team. You know, been to manager. He was first, second pick for them. Yeah, with his yeah, we, we, past as well. Yeah. I think you could see him going abroad. You could see him going to like a Roma. Yeah. You know, like you can see him going to La Liga. To you know, he's he's a really you know cultured manager. If I'm honest, I think Brett Brighton really need to do well this year and finally like capitalize on their good performances in the, in the past because. If, if they don't, like I can see Graham Potter getting picked up by someone else who's going to make you like Europe every year. Yeah, um, cool. I, I have a feeling Brighton would drop off like tremendously without Graham Potter. But yeah, you look at that. You look at that team, and without Graham Potter, it's it's. I think it's a it's almost a relegation side. 
he just brings yeah. out so much. So much. He brings out every every single yeah. quality out of these players. Yeah. Like he's Danny Welbeck, striker, you know. Exactly. <laughs> he just plays to his advantages. Like, yeah. Make sure he doesn't have to do much. Yeah. Just get to the goal. But yeah, there's no uh, really other options you take from Brighton, yeah? I, I mean, Sanchez, I think, is a very good 4.5 option if you're looking for clean sheets. Uh, I mean, Sanchez, not- if you look at Sanchez's rotations with the now 4.0 keeper ward of Leicester, they yeah, for Leicester, yeah. very well. And he, I think that's going to be quite a popular rotation amongst the sort of FPL Twitter community. Yeah, the issue with him is that he's not really a safe monster. Like, uh, Brighton just don't give up many shots. They also literally take a ton of shots every game. So, like, he's just not going to get you that kind of points. But he'll probably get you six points. Like, he's basically like an Edison in some ways. Maybe a little bit better about picking up say, like picking up saves. But, so, I mean, Edison for the 4.5s, like, as in none of those 4.5 options, I would say, are likely to get 10 clean sheets this season, and I'd give Brighton a good chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then... Anyone Trossard? I mean, I like, I really like Trossard, but he's... Not right now. Not right now, again. Not yeah. right now. He, I think he's going to expect it to start the season at fullback, which it's, it's, that's when yeah. you're... You know, he's, he's quite a bit of money. I don't think you're going to be paying that for a fullback. But if he... But when I think when he, he breaks out into a striker role, uh, he'll he'll be he'll be a great option. There's nothing wrong with a good out of position midfielder playing striker. But let's move <laughs> yeah. on to let's move on to your team, Pierce Chelsea. Who are yeah. you who are you eyeing up? Who are you sort of picked? Um, I don't want to give anything away with my team, but I think they're extremely uneasy right now. I'll give the opinion on the most popular one, Reese James, at the moment. Uh, he's going to be playing center back he's going to be playing in that right center back role from what it seems like unless Dumfries or Fofana get in like tonight or tomorrow which is highly unlikely so I could see him playing on the right uh center back role uh with in that instance I yeah I don't I don't see him playing at right wing back unless they put Asby down there who would they but play it's, it's who would they play right wing back if he's playing right center back like Hudson Adoy or Asby okay they play Asby they, wing back ahead of James sometimes yeah because they they like Tuchel likes his like like the way that he moves with like in a back three and like how he can bomb up and down really quickly and also I, I don't really understand it I think you just play Aspie in the back three he's done very well he did it like five years ago really well under Conte but yeah I think Reese James priced at six uh when he is solidified in that right wing back role which he will if we get Fofano or Cucurella or someone in there uh that'll give him that space to move forward it'll be that'll be like a really good option because all of your other wingbacks, Cancelo, Arnold, Robertson, like all those guys, they're, they're premium seven, seven, seven and a half options there. And so I think having him as a six mil is phenomenal if he's playing in that position. Um, I don't see any other players apart from maybe Mason Mount, if you're really interested in him, just because mm-hmm. he's, he's that eight mil slot. Like if you're not playing Luis Diaz, then you can throw him in there or you throw in like, Saka someone like that I think that's where he would go but uh then again it's just like it's, it's your gamble do you want to play him or not he's very good he loves going forward I think and he's a key part of this team at the moment uh it's just going to be interesting to see how he meshes with either Sterling or Havertz when they're going forward I think that's your your only dilemma and then apart from those two I think obviously Mendy premium goalkeeper option but that thing comes in with like how the defense is going to look and I think yeah that's just that's kind of 
that's pretty much it with those with those three like if you're bringing anyone else in apart from those three i'd be kind of shocked unless you you want to take the punt on sterling which i don't really hate i really don't i think he's gonna be very good I think so. He's interesting, but I think that's going to be difficult with all the premiums we kind of want him to rotate. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm looking, and I do think. Yeah, I'm looking at predicted lineup here, and they think that it will be Havertz out wide, Sterling up front. Yeah, they, they'll do they'll do what they did last season. Well, that, sort of that like Tuchel's famous with it. They rotate three, in and out from right to yeah. yeah. It's what they do. Yeah. yeah. Or what I really want to see is uh, a diamond front three. Basically, it's two strikers and like a center forward or a cam underneath them with Mount in that position and then Havertz and Sterling in that front too. I think that would be really exciting. I don't know how that would work in the system, but I think that would be very cool. In some ways, that's already what it is. Like you have, you basically play with inside. Yeah, they just, they just all sort of rotate. So I think they just, yeah, they just rotate, but they're not solidified in that, like that sitting position. Sterling and Havertz like opt out to, to like the insides of the right wing and left wing. So like they don't really sit like wide on the wings and then Mount just, Roams about from the wing to the midfield. So it's well, that's, like, yeah. let's let's uh, let's move away from Chelsea's tactics here. I think that's not, that's not really important. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so no, we got we got. It, what do you think of Chelsea? Like, what do you think of Chelsea's clean sheet potential with like wow. for the first first three game weeks? If you have a Chelsea defender, I think uh, clean sheet maybe against Everton. I think that's probably your only certainty. Then you've got Leicester game week four. But that's not yeah. first three game weeks. But yeah, definitely going to concede a goal. Well, Mendy, Mendy's the most popular goalkeeper in the game right now, and I, yeah. I disagree with that. Same, I disagree with Chelsea, that 100%. Chelsea, of course, in the past have been, you know, one of the most solid defenses. But with so much, with so much change in that back line, it's it's going to be difficult for them to sort of gel so quickly. Um, I mean, I don't I have no doubt over the course of the season they'll they'll sort themselves out. But it's early days, just take, you know, take some other options and see how they do. Yeah, for sure. James always yeah, has think- that potential and a fantastic attacking output. So it's difficult with clean sheets because I don't think they're guaranteed, but maybe with the attacking output, he can produce enough to, to warrant a place. Yeah, I think yeah, James' first five to six game weeks, Pierce, is locked for every game. Yeah. It's, they're not playing anything else, so he's not going to get rotated. He's got a week to rest in time. And even if he's playing right centre-back, like you've got a good first six games that like, He'll probably get three to four clean sheets, and then you know he's going to be getting forward. Even if he's a right centre-back, whoever's playing right wing-back will be covering for him plenty of time so he can get forward. Um, yeah. I think as a 6-0 bracket, because like, I think having like a City defender and having Liverpool defenders like TA is almost a lot for everyone, but I think they're important to have. And so you need to have them, but if you want to go, if you don't want to go double Liverpool or double City and you want to go lower, then you can go to a 6-0 bracket, which has James, who's honestly just as good going forward. and His numbers are just as good. Sure, it's going to depend on right centre-back, but give it a few weeks. He'll probably, he'll probably change, and he'll probably go in between them, I reckon. And I, I bet Tuchel will change things at like halftime if he wants to do that as well. Yeah. Um, but I, I think he's going to be just as good as those guys, but a mil less. So I think he opens up a lot for the rest of the team. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just touching on that front three. So, I mean, Sterling... I think he's just too expensive for the start for that premium price, but I have no doubt that I might have him in my team this season. I, I, I back him for 15 plus goals this season. And then yeah. as a striker, Havertz, I think he's just at a price point again, difficult to bring in eight mil. Most people have Jesus at that price. He's more, I think he's more of a guarantee. And then Mason Mount, another one of these eight mil midfielders. Um, I think there is a lot more argument on his side to get him in, 
because he's now playing in that front three instead of playing in sort of, in sort of the centre midfield roles. But I mean, again, he like good fixtures. He's always, you know, a consistent performer. Uh, I think Mount Mount will probably be the go-to if you're going to pick anyone. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's, he's, he's difficult. I, you yeah. know, what I'd love is I'd love for Pulisic to start getting in the lineup, and especially with the World Cup coming around, I'm sure he's going to be very, very motivated to do so. Yeah. If he can get ahead of him, like if Havertz has not looked that good in preseason, and if they if he can get ahead of Havertz, then I think it'd be good. But he'll still be a heavy rotation. He's, no, he's six All right, so Crystal Palace, we talked about Chelsea for for a bit. Um, I mean, we'll just talk about them for, I guess, a general, because I don't think anyone's considering them for game week one necessarily. They've got, no. I think they've got the toughest fixtures of anyone in the top for the first five games. But just in general, I think, you know, you got your, you got your, your you know, consistent performer, Wilfred Zaha, always every season he does well. And then the problem is, is that, Crystal Palace have a few strikers. They kind of swap them in and out. Edward is a good price. I think he's 5.5. But again, not guaranteed minutes. Same for, you know, Mateta. And then you've got guys like Alise, Eze, who, you know, once their fixtures clear up, I can see bringing into my team. But you know, I think we can move on from Palace. I, Ed- I think no, but I think on Palace also, like, between yeah. likely Mateta and Edward, not really Ben in. I'd, I'd hope it's Edward that plays a lot more. Yeah, um, but a 5.5, like a lot of people can move to that from the 4.5 option because I think a lot of people are still going to want a bench option, and 4.5 is not good right well, now. I'll, I'll touch, yeah, I'll touch on Edward a little bit. I know I watched him a lot of Celtic, so I think for his prize, 5.5. I mean, when he's nailed, I think the problem is, is he's when he plays as a striker, he almost plays off the left, and with Zaha being left winger, he, I think it's it's kind of maybe difficult. I, I'll see how. Uh, Vieira sort of plays it out with Zaha coming inside. But I think Edward typically likes to come off the left, which means I think the left winger, him and Zaha, maybe there'll be a bit of sort of rotations between them. We'll see. But he is a good forward, great dribbler, decent, good, you know, good finisher. I can see him, you know, we saw with his debut, two goals against Spurs. You know, he's capable of some big points. Uh, but yeah, Thomas, let's see Everton. You got a lot. <laughs> well, how are you? <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Um, so Everton's like, I honestly I wouldn't touch us. I think now that DCL's out for probably a decent amount of time, I think it's something that's needed to. And they, I'm, I reckon they're waiting to do, or did a scam and they're waiting for results or whatever. But um, I don't think there's anyone you really should be looking at. I think we're very nicely priced in the midfield. I think Gray, Gordon, like Neil, even like a Wovi, like and Delhi, depending on where. Everyone like gets situated on the pitch because a lot of those guys can play in multiple positions, and we don't really have a striker now. So I can imagine one of them might be playing up top. And so if Gray plays up top, or Delhi plays up top, maybe, <laughs> maybe. But I'm like, I, I really don't think it's a good time to invest in us. It's probably good to see us out first, see what Lampard does and how the team's playing. Um, Pickford rogue shout, but I wouldn't do it. You'll get tons of saves, but no clean sheets. Um, but then, I mean, the only one's Patterson. Patterson's been playing every right game at right back this season. Um, I mean, Coleman's injured somewhat, but I think he's okay. Uh, I think he'll be back at least in, in, in a game week or two. Um, so I can see Patterson getting rested at one point uh, just for the sake of not playing him out because it's his first time out basically for us. Um, 
but yeah, he's 4.0. I think it might be fun. As an Everton fan, I might do it. <laughs> uh, cause, but there's other, there's other four other options that are actually going to play. And like, like Nico Williams actually gets forward. So, Well, I mean, uh, I've, I've probably seen Patterson more than, than you because of his time at Rangers. And yeah. Actually, Scotland as well. And he is a really attacking fullback. And I, yeah. well, honestly, like, I, in terms of attacking returns, if him and Nico Williams play the same amount of minutes, I can almost back Patterson to, to get more attacking output. It's just the 4.0 price, if you're going to get one of him or Williams, you're probably going to go for Williams because he's guaranteed to play over the course yeah. of the season. And, I, you know, I really like Patterson, but I think, I mean, I, I'm, I don't know why Lampard would play Coleman at right wing back. I think he's just at that age where probably the right centre-back role would suit him more. Still a good defender. Um, and then I'm just looking at this predicted lineup. Is Delhi Ali going to be a out of position striker for that first game? Yes, yeah, that, that's what I was saying. Like he, he probably will be. Um, I, I would think Gray would be a better option if we're trying to. But like we're also probably going to be booting the ball up. So I think by having Delhi as our target, which is not that great, but like he could do a job there. But um, so yeah, it'll probably be Delhi. But and how about Calvert Lewin? How long is his injury? I, I, I reckon it's going to be a couple of months because he was months. In- Oh my god, you guys are fucked. <laughs> it's yeah, like three months, probably- right? So what you know the only good the only good thing about this is I really hope that the board brings in someone who's making emergency they have transfer. To. They, have, they to. have to. And I wish to go out and get Bellotti, but I think he's gonna Roma. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, he is. God. Um yeah, that's that's you know what? That's changed my I you know I was really backing Everton but until cover low doing Yeah, I, I was well. I think I I you I have problems with your squad. But you guys aren't playing European football. It's a game a week. Your, your team shouldn't really have a problem. And I think the starting eleven is still pretty strong. I think it's still a pretty strong eleven. But without a striker, you guys are really, really lacking goals. Yeah, he's missing for the next month. It says right here on the Guardian. It's a guy coming back is huge. Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty much honestly, a, it's a fair play. Of business a huge lack of goals. There's no one in that. Eat fucking yeah, so we were just so talking awesome. about. <laughs> we were just talking about Calvert Lewin. So his injury. And then, what were you saying, Thomas? Yeah, so, I, I mean, Calhoun's, I think he's going to be out for like three months because he was injured back in, I mean, he was injured for a lot of last season. He just came back. And I think he was advised to get surgery and like opted out of it because Benitez wanted him to play, um, which was all right in the end because we needed him. And we got he saved us from relegation. So, like, um, but, I mean, I think he's going to be out for like two, three months, if I'm honest, because get, it, it was something with his knee, supposedly, and they're, like, really iffy about it. And it was, like, during a pass. Yeah. It wasn't even a contact thing, but, um, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But, I mean, yeah, we, I feel, we, we I trouble. I think that Everton 11 is strong in its own right. It's, again, now goal. I think with Calvert-Lewin, he's guaranteed, you know, 10, 15 gold, and that was enough to keep you guys up. But now I'd say you guys are in real trouble. Real yeah, yeah. trouble. Okay, let's move on to... Fulham. So I think let's just talk about the, the, you know, first of all, Andreas Pereira. I'm sure he's in all of your teams. Starting 4.5, attacking midfielder. You know, Fulham scored over 100 goals last season. Uh, you, you know, they're, they're a good attacking side. They still have Tim Ream at the back. So I'd say avoid defence at all costs. Sorry to your American brother there. But he famously had a terrible, terrible season last time. He, he's, he's really terrible. He's the captain as well, isn't he? Yeah, and it's honestly with it. If they bought a centre back, I, I would almost back for them to stay up. But their defence is so heinous. <laughs> it's, it's you know it's just not going to happen. Um, and then so you sorry, know what? I, I think yeah. I think I think with Pereira, Tom, uh, it's 
he's going to be that guy that's on everyone's bench that's going to be picking up six points and everyone's pissed they're not playing. Yeah, I can, just, I can actually see, I can definitely see that. Like, I can honestly see him being someone that you play because he has a good fixture, you know? He's an attacking mid in a team that with Mitrovic, like, he's going to get. Yeah, yeah I agree. Score 10 goals at least, like 15 maybe. And, yeah. like, I, I guarantee he'll probably assist, like, five, at least four or five of them. Like, He's going to be right behind him, and he'll probably be playing balls or playing off of him a ton. Like, it'll be interesting. I didn't think he was that kind of attacking mid that got really far up, but I guess he is. Like, and he's on, he's on set pieces. Yeah. You know, a couple of assists to Mitro just in yeah. one game from set pieces. And I, I, yeah, I really, I think he's going to be a, like a John Lundstrom esque FPL legend at the end of the season. Yeah. I, I think if you're doing a three game, um, which I'm not sure I really agree with, but yeah. If you're doing a three-game option, then I think 100% he can be a fifth midfielder in a few times. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, he'll, a fourth, he'll, he'll be, he could, he's good enough to be a fourth midfielder, and then you have a De Silva as your fifth mid on the bench. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and then also Mitrovic as well. Obviously, you know, broke the championship record goals last season. Still, you know, Serbia's all-time goal, the goal scorer, but he's still yet to have a sort of breakout Premier League season. Um, you know, it's, he's got some. He's got a good supporting cast around him. You know, Pereira, as we said, they brought in Manuel Solomon. I really, I really think he's a good signing. Um, showed loads of times in the Champions League and at international level that he's, he's a, you know, he's a quality player. Um, and obviously, as we said, Fulham scored over a hundred goals in the league last season. So, in terms of their output, you know, they they've got what's his name is Marco Silva as manager, famous attacking manager, kids. Could, yeah. could get that 10 goals, 10, 15 goals. I'm interested to see how Marcus Silva does because I didn't really watch Fulham last year, but I mean, he obviously did ridiculously well. So mm-hmm. um, he'll be because he's he honestly has played absolutely no defense. So, and with Tim Ream at your back, with like the rest of the guys just aren't anything special at all. Yeah, but they've got Anthony Robinson and Tossin's Kevin Bobby. Tossin's quite decent. But. And you know what? Jao Polina signing from Sporting Lisbon, really good player. Yeah. Um, good defensive midfielder. <laughs> It's going to be honestly the relegation battle. Obviously, this is FPL related. It's going to be so interesting. Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, people. I mean, Bournemouth. Bournemouth are almost guaranteed to go down. You know, they've they've already. Scott Park has already spoken about how his team's just worse than last season, which already indicates <laughs> that they're not looking good. And then you've got Fulham. You know what? If Fulham sort themselves out, you never know. And then that, Mitrovic just learns how to bang goals in the Premier League. You know what? If Mitrovic yeah. gets fifteen goals, maybe you carry them out of relegation, which is possible. Um, then and then you're looking at your Everton's, your Leeds. I don't know. There's a few options that, that could go down. It's difficult to say. Yeah, that's um, pretty rough. Yeah, so, uh, talking about Leeds, let's move on to them. Um, I, I think Leeds are going to be a great option two or three game weeks in the season. I think a lot of people are going to move. Like yeah. they got even like I mean Jack Harrison, but especially Jack Harrison might be leaving. I, I don't know if that's true, but yeah, uh, to Newcastle. But, yeah, I saw they had a bid put in from Newcastle 40 mil yeah but I think yeah. they're going to reject it because you know they've already got so much money they don't from Rafinha and um, yeah I think um, they're not strapped for cash at all Drigo and Aronson are going to be really interesting options <clears throat> um supposedly James is out uh oh he's suspended sorry Who? um Dan James but James, yeah. uh, I think Dan James will be interesting too hopefully Bamford gets back to his best because I'd yeah. love to see I mean, Bamford, Bamford, I spoke about this on Twitter. I think he is a pretty under undervalued player. Like, yeah, I mean, not maybe undervalued in terms of price, but undervalued in terms of his, you know, 
the way people look at him in FPL. 7.5 million, you know, last season, purely injury prone, but he still put up like 0.6 X, uh, goal involvements, per, uh, expected goal involvement per 90. The season before, 28 goal involvements in all in the Prem, just, you know, goals and assists. And, you know, back to full fitness, a full preseason, great starting fixtures. You know, if he, it's, he's difficult to get in because he's that 7.5 price striker that we talked about with, with midfielders being so good at that price. But if you can sort of manoeuvre him in, I think he's a really good option. Yeah, I, I think Bamford's a great option. I think he'll probably prove it in like two games' time. I think he'll start really well, but I don't think anyone's willing to give up. You say he is. He's so difficult to get into your team because you almost yeah. cost yourself an eight mil midfielder by doing that. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think no one else is really relevant. I mean, I, I, I disagree that no one like Aronson, as we said, Rodrigo. No, we said Aronson. We said Aronson. Uh, Harrison yeah. as well then. I think Harrison ended the season, I think his last 10 games, which is pretty relevant. It was like 0.5 expected goal involvement per 90, which is very, very solid. He's, he's at eight goals and one assist. So it's Over the course of the season, though, which includes that sort of patchy period for the first six months. Yeah. So his last six months, yeah. he was really strong. Okay. I think they're all just watch and see. I think Aaronson will yeah. be really interesting if he's like a Deli Ali type of getting past striker because that'd be really, really good. He's he's just, Leeds have been banging them in in preseason as well, so I think they they are definitely one to watch. People are putting them in contention for a relegation fight. I'm actually going to back them and say I think they'll be closer to mid table. I really yeah, like. I think a top ten battle is like on for them for sure. Yeah, yeah, I really like the look of them. You know, because people talked about. Last, how they lost Rafinha and Calvin Phillips last season, but Calvin Phillips barely played, Bamford barely played, and now Bamford's back, and they've replaced a player that didn't even play. So they should be better <laughs> than they were before. Yeah, I think Tyler Adams is going to be big to that squad as well. He's really good ball winner, really really good ball winner. So next team, this is this is kind of tough to say before the deadline was because they've got quite a lot going on. But Leicester City. Oh, the worst team of, of the players, a lot of players yeah, the, team the, the worst the, team of the tr- of the transfer window. Yeah, like it, oh my so, god, there's no doubting the honestly, I'd back, eleven, but this transfer window oh, is no. a disaster. I I'd honestly back Brendan Rodgers to get fired, like yeah, before Jan- or around January. Like yeah. I I think that's actually like a decent shout because what they're gonna lo- they're losing Fafana most likely, mm-hmm. knock on wood, uh, possibly James Madison. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie Vardy is Jamie Vardy. Ricardo Pereira, Pereira is supposed to leave. No, he's out. He's, he's, oh, he's out. Schmeichel just left. So then they have a backup goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, and Tielemans was expected to leave, and now they're stuck with him. I so mean, he'll leave from what it's, or, yeah, or he still could leave and go to Arsenal, yeah. which is like, which then really leaves them with, and then they just lost Luckman, who ended his loan. So it's like. Yeah, yeah it, I don't know. Well, there, I, is, they, there is no European very interesting team. No European force yeah. to contend with. And in its own right, that starting 11, if it st- stays as what it is, they don't sell anyone, is a really strong <laughs> starting 11. Like, you know, a front three of Vardy, Madison, Barnes. That is, that yeah. is European level front three. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't think it's really a time for Leicester to like sell and rebuild. Um, but I think. I think the starting lineup right now is absolutely disgusting, but they could definitely like use with getting rid of a lot of mediocre players. Yeah, and and all their players right now have really high value. Well, um, I mean, the problem is, is it's not 
that they should be selling like their, their highest assets is their squad is so bloated. They've got like six fullbacks. They've got loads of midfielders. They've got loads of attackers. And these guys are barely going to play because they don't have European football. So I don't know why Brendan Rodgers is sort of like hoarding these players when it's so clear that they're not going to play many games and they really need, you know, additions in other areas where they could be, you know, selling players and getting yeah. them on the wage bill. You know what? I think Fafana is a ridiculously good player, but I understand selling him for 80-something million. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think you um, should take that, but then you I, don't. I think him. you do that straight away, even especially with him being like injured previous and everything. I'm sure he's going to come back fine, but like, I yeah. think Madison, getting rid of Madison would be absolutely ridiculous. Because yeah. I think like, yeah, I he's very, very close to being world-class. He just really yeah. has to go a big club to do it. He's yeah. like, I mean, at one point, we were kind of a few about him because he was always just like a long-shot merchant and got into like tough spots and just did really, really well with it. But now he's been starting to get like really, really high up the field. Like in well, the he also, field. he still does that long-shot stuff, but he's so consistent that he... Yeah. He, you, he is a long shot merchant because he's so good at long shots. It's like yeah, that's, now he's higher up the field. He's just yeah. like got everything now. And like, I think he's going to be a ridiculously good option this year on fantasy, but like, it's hard to fit him in. It's, I think people will look towards it maybe in a couple of game weeks when yeah. other mill options don't hit. Yeah, for sure. There's just, I mean, Dewsbury Hall, a five mil midfielder. Brendan Rodgers has been playing him a lot higher up the pitch. He's had a great preseason. He could be a bit of a wait and, wait and see. Uh, potentially swap with Bailey once fixtures turn around. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, that front three, same thing. You know, Barnes, Barnes is cheaper than Madison, but I think you're just looking at that premium with Madison. And then Vardy as well, again, same as sort of everyone else we we're saying. He's at that price point that's just unreliable to bring in. Yeah, it's mad that Vardy's so good. I, I wish I could get him. I just really wish I could use him in some way. But Yeah. Okay, so Liverpool... Let's just let's just get the get the two like, at least get Trent Alexander Arnold out of the way. I'd argue that he is the no. potential the only essential player. Yeah. In FPL. Yeah, hundred percent. The you know there's, I mean there's there's no time even wasting like talking about him because he's just nailed in the team. He's guaranteed ten plus assists. He's guaranteed you know three four goals at least, and then clean sheets, which Liverpool end up getting you know more than eighteen a season. So. The amount of points he gets as a 7.5 defender is on par with, you know, a 10-plus mil midfielder. So he's just a guaranteed points merchant. So Mo Salah, do you think Mo Salah is essential? Or I don't, but I, I, I think a lot. I of understand. People, yeah. I, I think a lot of people will be hurt by him. Um, yeah. Myself, possibly included. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, Whoa! Whoa. So, so, what are you doing, lad? Why did you think that? Hold on, rewind that. I just see <laughs> the the one thing I'm really hoping for is that because Yacht is out, I think at least for the first couple of game weeks. Yeah. Darwin, if Darwin's the one starting, I mean, if Firmino starts, then I think having Salah is like stupid. Like not having him is stupid. But if Darwin starts, I think it's not entirely unreasonable to not have Salah because he's not going to have the same service onto him on the wing. Yeah. And sure. uh, I think he's going to be supplying a lot more. Uh, which he'll still probably get a lot of assists, but I think he might be a little, a little less on the goal side. I think also, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it in a bit, but KDB's or Son like rival him pretty well, I yeah. think, at this point, especially being a whole mil less. I mean, Salah to basically work his price has to get the same amount of points that he did last year. And I'm not entirely sure he does. I think he'll get close to it. But yeah. um, if you go for someone like Son who got similar 
points last season and there's a whole mill less and he gets anywhere close to where he got, he's going to be well worth his money. Yeah, um, well, that's, a, that's a really good point you made on Darwin. I didn't actually think that that's ahead so much, but, you know, with Firmino, everyone knows he's that false nine. He gets his other wingers into play. That's why Mane and Salah were so, you know, prolific for those few years. But I think you have seen in preseason that when Darwin starts up top, he is the focal point of the team. He runs in behind. He creates chances for himself. And that's when I think Salah's sort of appeal deteriorates because, you know, now there's someone else to take the goals off of him. And yeah. at least for the start of the season, we don't know what's going on with, with Darwin versus Firmino. Um, and obviously that opening game week versus Fulham, who we spoke about before with their awful defence. It's just, if you don't have Salah, I think that game watching Liverpool against Fulham will be very, very difficult. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I think a lot of people are going to make a last minute decision to bring him back in. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I think Diaz is a really good person to talk about as well. Because so, how about to, instead um, of talking about Diaz, we'll just talk about Diaz versus Robertson because I think this is more of the yeah. Right. If you're not going Salah, you could be going all three. That's true. Actually, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. Um, but I, I think Diaz is. I, I I think Diaz is better option. I want to say he is because I just love him as a football player. I think he's ridiculous. But he does hug the wing, which I don't like as like a FPL option. Really, I think there's yeah. a lot of forwards who get like inside the box and they're a lot more valuable. Um, but I think if Darwin Nunes is playing striker, then I think both Salah and Diaz have very similar value. I think Salah's value will be on penalties and that he's just a better finisher and he looks for goals at more. But Diaz will be getting similar opportunities, likely, and crossing the balls uh, at the same, probably the same rate, mm-hmm. um, if more. Um, and for five mil less, I think it's at least something to think about. Yeah, um, no, 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 there's, there's, that's completely true. Um, Diaz it allows you to get Robertson easily as yeah. well. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, but again, speak about Robertson. We know, I mean, there's not really much to say. We know his qualities. He's kind of, you know, Trent. Trent's obviously the best. What he does, but Robertson is just not too far behind. He's still another one guaranteed 10 plus assists. Maybe he doesn't get the goals, but he still has that clean sheets as well. So for seven, yeah. seven mil, I think he'll he'll easily repay that. Uh, the last at the end of last season, he was outscoring Trent. Uh, so it depends. It really depends how Klopp sort of looks at his front three and what he wants from his fullbacks. Yeah, I think honestly this year because Mane's not there, I think Mane liked to really occupy that left wing spot. So it was more like Rob's. So if he's playing every game, who? If, if, if Matip is playing every game, that guy is very well worth it because he I mean, gets six mil though. bonus points. He gets, but he's he's three bonus points. He's better than Van Dijk and stuff when he, when they get a clean sheet. And uh, he gets assists. He does a lot. Like, I mean, he's a good. I like. I, I honestly a, like. I like it as a differential shout. It's a very differential shout. And he I would really have been cool. in my team. Like. Out of you know the five point five options, you got like Perisic, and uh, that's really it. And like I think if he was five point five, 
he'd be a very, very, very worthy option. But Kanate is also good, so you can be kind of worried for rotation. Well, I mean, if you're talking about cheap defenders, City have Walker, and I think for five mil, a mil cheaper. He... Huh? Uh, for for five mil instead of that six mil for Matter, which I like is a differential shout. I haven't thought about him at all, really. But I think uh, yeah, Walker for five mil is better than Matter for six mil. Yeah, hundred percent. I've seen people on Twitter actually like they post their template teams, and a lot of people actually have Walker in there, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think he's. A really I think he's definitely. I actually, I actually think he's a very good shout. If, I mean, if you I, really want to bring him in. You don't bring him in for his attacking returns, and if you do, it don't no, 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 no. don't expect them at all because he won't get any. He's a, he basically plays as a third centre back, but for for Man yeah. City, you know he's gu- guaranteed clean sheets over these these first couple games. He's a really good option. Um, and then sorry, Liverpool. We're saying yeah, Diaz. Yeah, the we, only difficulty so, for him. I think with yeah with Nunez, I really think that was a good point that you said with Nunez. I think the value of Salah goes down. And the value of Diaz goes up 100%. So we'll see how that sort of pans out. We're sort of, and I, I also think, yeah, I think, yeah, the value of Salah definitely goes down, but it also kind of increases Robertson's value because Thomas's point was that like Diaz sits on that left shoulder and Robertson comes into the box. I think that's like if you want to double up on those two, um, which I'm indifferent to, I'll give that sneak peek of uh, having both of those two. But of Trent and Robertson, I think if you have them both, then no point having in having Salah. Yeah, I also think it's, it's not like, no point. I would never say no like point. everyone's. A... I mean, well, yeah, no point, point. But I just don't see the reasoning behind. Everyone's that's, 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 yeah. The fact, yeah, yeah. Everyone's overcomplicating the fact that Luis Diaz or Salah is like cheaper. But realistically, like, Salah's going to have the most points in the entire game. And I think like, the, the key difference is is not, like, whether Salah or Diaz get more points. And the key difference is that I'll wait for uh, – I'll say this point when Thomas is back because he's got to hear this. Um, but anyway, like, Liverpool, they won the Community Shield. But, Thomas, I'll say this point while you're here. The, it's the difference between Mane and – sorry, Salah and Diaz isn't necessarily who will get more points. It's the fact that Salah – is captain perma captain every week you know you can't captain diaz but you can captain salah every week yeah exactly i agree 100 uh, it basically means you can't really captain liverpool players unless you captain ta if you if you yeah. don't go that one no exactly 100 uh, that's a 100 it uh well, yeah so from that we're talking about yeah. liverpool uh, it's, uh, it's yeah, city city next um jacques Gonzalo. Yeah, okay, so we'll, we'll start in. with defense. Let's just start, let's start Edison at the back. I've seen Edison yeah. being a really big pick. And you know what? He's guaranteed clean sheets again. But but I'll caveat that by saying, I think being that most people will have at least two City players to start being, you know, Cancelo, Haaland, Walker, uh, Mares, Foden, whoever. I think you don't want to waste a City spot on Edison, who is basically just clean sheets. He's zero, zero bonus, zero saves. Um, yes, he'll get decent points, but I, I personally believe that you want to keep a City option always available because if an injury happens somewhere and someone begins to become nailed, you want to bring them into the team instantly. You don't want to waste time on that. 
Yeah. I think with Ederson that people just see him is that it's it's comfortable with his consistency. <laughs> That's the only thing. No, no, for sure. It's just like, he's gonna get you clean sheets. I I I like I what the they, their first five fixtures are pretty much guaranteed clean sheets. Even more than five fixtures. They've got for the oh first my oh yeah, I'm just I've got the first five loaded up yeah. here. I've got oh my days. This is yeah. just I mean, if you just go look yeah. at the yeah, website, you can see them all, and it's they've got yeah. a pretty picture. The, the perfect thing about Man City is they don't have to play Man City, so that takes two fixtures off the calendar. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's how it works, you know. And they have two yeah. fixtures that off the calendar that are guaranteed non-clean sheets because every other team has to play Man City, and obviously that's that's a really good, you know, really good for the defense. Um, yeah. I think City's really, 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 really interesting this year because they actually put down all their midfielders as they should be because none of them are really nailed on. But I think this year we'll see a lot more guys in the team who play more often because they got rid of a few people. So it's it's not as crowded as it used to be. Yeah. I think on the wings, like you just have Mares and Grealish. And then I think Bowen. we know that for the first time ever, we actually kind of know the starting eleven for that first game. Um and that that is pretty big for for FPL reasons, obviously. Um, so we'll just track back to the defense again. So we obviously spoke about Walker a bit. Uh, we won't touch on him too much more. We just said guaranteed clean sheets. Man City, good uh, good fixtures. Jao Cancelo, seven mil. Is he is he essential? Uh, I think it's worthy. Hundred percent. I think he's worthy to start uh, the season, but I think a lot of people take him out. If he's not playing, if he's not getting high enough, taking off shots like he used to, because a lot of people are saying with Haaland, he's probably not, and and especially with Grealish on the wing taking up more, he's probably yeah. not going to put like shooting as much. But I'm not really sure it's true. He kind of just roams everywhere, so he yeah. could be all, all around the box and everything like that. I mean, what I what I actually want to see with Jao Cancelo is them to bring in a left back and then put Cancelo on that right side just so he can go down the line and put balls in for Haaland. I think the one yeah. Cancelo. <clears throat> I think what worked really well in City's favour last season with that false sign was Cancelo coming in and bringing that extra man in midfield. But I think what City kind of want this season is to overload the sort of wings and just bag balls into the box like what they did with Sané and Sterling a couple of years ago, where all of their goals were just both of those guys beating their fullback and just smashing the ball across the box for the other ones to tap in with Aguero, Aguero with his you know positioning in there as well. And I think this season... With Cancelo having to cut in to do his crossing, maybe maybe that can help defenders sort of defend Haaland. But obviously, he's a great player. He can he can find a way. Yeah, I think you also have that that uh that dilemma which most people are having up front is Haaland versus Kane. I think everyone's just flip flopping both of them. I think if you if you stick with Kane, you're just doing that because you think that he's gonna pop off for game one. Game week one, three and four. But with Holland, it's just the uncertainty. Like, yeah, he was not that great in the community shield. Um, but he's got just such a nice run of fixtures that it's almost tempting to like to leave him out. But then that means you if you leave him out, you then have the dilemma of not having Kane. If you don't have Kane, then you've got to have Salah. Oh, you've got to have Son. But, <laughs> sorry, that's the thing. You know what? You know, it becomes like a massive loop, and it becomes it is. We'll talk about Spurs when we get there. Mind Spurs. We'll we'll cancel that Spurs talk because we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, but that's that's part of the that's part of the dilemma though with with Holland is that if you don't have him, then you have King. 
it's like, yeah. yo, I, like, from a but then you have Salah too. That's you, the thing. Well, I mean, if you have, if you have Kane, then you want to have a City midfielder. You're not having Son. No, but then not. not yeah. Okay, fine. You don't have Son, but you have Kane, so you have coverage. But then you want a City midfielder. But then I feel like that City midfielder. Yeah. Is <laughs> then you can't have Salah. You can't. So you have. You can't have Salah. You, you can have Salah actually, but you're wanting to pick between Mares, Grealish, Foden. Maybe Alvarez could play out wide. He, no one's going to pick him, but maybe maybe yeah. Pep could pick him. He's been really good in preseason. And then, obviously, we know Mares and Grealish start the season. But it's away at West Ham. If they have a, you know, if they don't score, Foden or, or Alvarez could easily come in for that game week two against Bournemouth, which is what you want them for. So I just feel like they're an absolute minefield. And getting that decision right, if you do, you'll smash it. You're, that game week two game... Mares is going to score two goals if he starts. Grealish will get, you know, two goals or whatever. He'll rack the points. Foden, Alvarez, they'll smash it. But, yeah. you know, getting that decision right now is fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think you could see a lot of people go Kane game week one, swap him out game week two for Holland. Yeah, I, think that's just, I think that's just what's going to happen. I, I hate to say it like, it like this because I hate saying this, but coverage is a stupid thing. But if you're not going to Bruyne and Haaland, I think it's worth going Grealish. Um, because I just think you need someone. You might have Cancelo as well, but you you need someone from City, like especially during game week two. I, I yeah. think that's so 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 needed. I mean, we we spoke before um, about how Bournemouth Bournemouth are probably the team to target, and City have them at home on game week two. So I think that is you know you really 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 need to find a way to get yourself a City attacker for that. Yeah, I think so. Do you want to move on to United? Um, kind of covered. Yeah, we can do so. Yeah, yeah I think. Yeah, I mean, United. We talked. The yeah. only one that kind of stands out for me. Okay, was... so United, United were the big boys of preseason, getting a lot of coverage yeah. on Twitter. Their their players came out at you know reasonable prices, and we've seen a full preseason. They weren't bad, but I think people have sort of you know got themselves a little coy on their options. Uh, let's start the back again. De Gea, five mil. I think people aren't really considering him. I think the only guy who's who's sort of come to prominence, Diego Dallo. I think Juan Basaka yeah. seems to have fallen out of favour with Ten Hag. Nailed down that right side. He's looking pretty attractive in preseason. Um, I, I mean, I'm sure 4.5 cheapest defender. A lot of people have gone for him. Yeah. Um, I think Dallas decent, but I think he's also a bit of a wait to see for me because I'm not really sure he's, he's going to be really that attack. I, I honestly have seen him cross the ball and he's not very good at it. Um, yeah. he, he sometimes is asked to do that stuff, and I'm really not sure why. Like, they should have someone better going forward. Um, but he's going to be decent just because he's 4.5. And I think United are going to come back to pretty good standards under Ten Hag. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think their fixtures are particularly easy, though. Like, I mean, let me get let me get them up. Man United. Um, so yeah, so Brighton at home, as we said, Brighton, good side against anyone. Brentford away, tough or can score. Liverpool, Southampton away, Leicester away, Arsenal, Crystal Palace away. I think they don't really have any of these sort of fixtures at home against the bottom ten side where you can sort of bank on a clean sheet. And for Dallow, who isn't uh, like an attacking gem or anything. I think he's, I think he's just, there's better options. 
even though you know you can't go wrong with a top six defender, four point five, I think there's still a little bit to prove with United for me. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I have no comment on United. I, I don't really want to touch any of them at the moment, just because they're so uncertain, especially their issues with Ronaldo and yeah. some other players and the Frankie De Jong stuff. I think it's just they're they're not unless you want just a differential point. I think you may make a fallow, but no, I don't really see the use in picking any of them up at the moment. And then obviously with the yeah. midfield, uh, we know Bruno yeah, Van, Van de Beek's the only one who's gotten real tick. Yeah, I mean we got I mean Bruno Fernandez. We know from previous years he's a great player, but again, same yeah. as he sort of falls into that Sterling category of we, you know, we wouldn't be surprised if he start the season off well, but he's just at that price point where it's just impossible to bring in. And then, and then here are the uh, budget options that everyone likes: Rashford, Sancho, Martial. Which guys of them, you guys, would you would you back the most, or who would you avoid? I like Rashford at what six five. Yeah, I think that's decent. Um, I mean, obviously, that's later on. That's not like I'm not having a six-five Rashford in my on my side right now. Yeah. Just so you guys know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't see, see the point bringing any of them in at the moment, honestly. But I do. I like Rashford's value at six-five. I think that's actually great for him if he does I, well. I honestly think Sancho will be a good option, but uh, I think for seven-five, it's a lot. It's difficult for a lot of people. He's yeah. gonna. I think he's a permanent starter in that team. That's what most money. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think when you look at other players at that price point, they're people that you can keep in your team no matter what the fixture is. And I don't think you can do that with Sancho. Uh, Rashford obviously is a, that mill cheaper where you can keep him as a rotation issue, uh, rotation option. And obviously past seasons, we've seen him, you know, ball out, you know, two seasons ago, 22 goal comp- uh, contributions, season before 25 goal contributions, which if you can get anywhere near that, he will represent fantastic value at 6.5. But we've seen last season, there's definitely something, I think there's something going on maybe behind the scenes with him because ever since the Euros, he's been a shadow of the player he was. And that's, I think that's almost followed him into preseason as well. When you see the way that he sort of, his attitude on the pitch, I don't think he looks like he's, he's like not trying, but just his head is sort of down. You know, he, he doesn't have that sort of can do attitude that we've seen from the past. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not I, yeah. I think if you're going to touch anything, it's Sancho. Um, yeah. Martial as well. If you're not, well, you know what? Martial is interesting. I have to say, like, he's point five cheaper than than other striking options at that sort of level. So he saves you a bit of money. Man United striker, but the problem is Ronaldo seems to not be able to find a way out the club. And as that continues, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo at the club, it's difficult to keep him on the bench. So Martial would be forced, you know, either on the bench or out wide where, you know, his value diminishes. Yeah, I think only if Ronaldo is not playing, then I think he's worth having. But... Yeah. But I do like him. I, I, you know, if he scores in the first couple of games, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, okay. Newcastle, a real interesting, a real interesting team, Newcastle. Obviously, we saw from January last season, they had a huge upturn in their form. They went from you know, almost guaranteed relegation to top half finish. And, you know, some good new signings, a, a fairly solid start in terms of their fixtures. You know, they've got Pope and goal, you know, really solid 5.0 option in goal, save points, clean sheets. And then I think the 5.0 defender would be Trippier. 
he caught a lot of people's eyes last season. Two free kick goals in his two games that he played. And Newcastle should have a stronger defence as they bought uh, Botman for 40 mil, a lot of money. Yeah, he's rated at, what, four and a half mil as well. Four and a half mil. Like, he's obviously cheap in his own right. But I think most people would pay that extra 0.5 for that attacking output. But then again, yeah. Botman, you know, he's a, a big, big defender. I can see him getting some goals and clean sheets. Um, no, for some goals and corners. And then another, actually from midfield, Bruno Gimeres. I think he's selected by 20% of people, which at the start, I actually did have him in a few of my drafts. I really like the look of his. He's selected by 13%. Oh, so, 13%. Oh, so he's gone down a lot, which is good, which is interesting. Yeah. So before he was up higher, but I think as we know now with, um, with what's his name? Uh, freaking DM with their Newcastle DMs injury. He'll be playing DM, which you know no one's going to play that six mil for a defensive midfielder. Um, yeah, and then attackers, Almiron's kind of caught some eyes recently. Five point scored six goals in preseason. Um, yeah, he's selected by one point three percent. He's a bit of a Twitter. He's a bit of a Twitter merchant. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I know uh, what you mean. And also, like, no one's and actually taking him, but they just point him out on Twitter. Uh, and you've got you've got the defender who plays forward and Chris Wood up top, so no one's going to be picking yeah. him. I mean, Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson is a, yeah. a very good striker when he plays. Like when he's when he keeps himself fit, he's he's always bagging goals, and he is fit. He's had a full preseason, good fixtures. But again, we've spoken about those seven point five mil strikers, where you know in midfield you can get stronger options, and you get the bonus of clean sheet points plus the extra goal for extra point for goals. Um, but yeah, Almiron, if you want to give yourself a little cheeky, you know, differential pick, I think he could be, could be quite interesting. Could be quite an interesting one. Although, yeah. you know, it's, his previous seasons don't really reflect that. So I don't blame yeah. him. I think the best option at Newcastle is Trippier. I think the best option at Newcastle is Trippier. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. He's going to be a solid, like, just... If you want, if you want a five-minute pick, that's going to get you points every now and then. Like, you can be yeah, there. that yeah, the Newcastle defense is. I, I think it looks really strong right now, and they've got, you know, in their first five fixtures, they've got, um, they've got Forest, um, Brighton, and Wolves. So three non-attacking teams. So some decent, decent potential for clean sheet points. Plus, you know, Trippier is attacking output. Yeah, I think Saint-Maximin's worth shouting to, I guess, because like at Rashford, six point five as well. Like I think Saint-Maximin's probably worth just yeah. as good as Scout as him. Um, yeah. Probably better, honestly, because I, I expect him to, to keep just make his output better and better each year because he's yeah, really, think... really lacks, lacks end products at times. Yeah. But with Callum Wilson fit, maybe there's a bit more potential for some, you know, assists because Callum Wilson's a very good finisher. Um. Okay. Yeah, I mean, moving on from moving on from that, Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest. I don't think there's anyone in this team who is who's good to start with from the start. I think they're yeah. they're, they're just a wait and see, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So um, we'll move Southampton. On. I mean, yeah, you got Jesse Lingard at what six mil. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, maybe on out, on out on outrageous wages. Like, yeah. well, I mean, I mean if you really really want to be ballsy and get like a six striker. I think Brendan Johnson, you know, yeah. 20, 20 goal contributions in the championship isn't bad. Awani, he got 15 goals in the Bundesliga last season. If they can get him firing, 
he could quickly be in some teams as a cheap striker. But, but yeah, from the start, there's nothing. There's no one from the start. Unless you're really ballsy, then... Unless you want Dean Henderson as a 4.5 option. I yeah. Guess. With so much but, change in that team, there, there's just... Yeah. You just can't trust them for cheap, for clean sheets. Uh, Southampton. Yeah, moving on to Southampton. Southampton, uh, Southampton, again, similar. Tough, tough fixtures to start off with. And, yeah. you know what, again, some options could come through over the season if their defence starts going. You could bring in some of their 4.5. Or... You know, Joe Rebo, Stuart Armstrong, Che Adams, these guys are pretty reliable if they're fixtures when their fixtures turn. But yeah. as the start, yeah. leave them. Yeah, the only thing I like about the relegated teams is like all of their options are like almost five O's, like in the midfield areas. Yeah. Like, it is it's, it's gonna be winged to a five O. Like, like Stuart, Stuart Armstrong is a starting winger for Southampton at five point If he if gets he comes from a lot of Yeah, if he gets back. And actually, actually we'll talk about Ward Prowse for a little bit because he's He's been, but I think as I, I kind of alluded to this before, where it's not a season of your set and forgets with with these kind of options where you have them in your team and they're guaranteed to to score, you know, once every three, four games. This season is more about sort of attacking short-term periods of fixtures and just bringing in someone that you think can be electric for two or three games, just purely because you always have a wild card around the corner to fix it if things go tits up. So... I wouldn't yeah. recommend Ward Prowse, even though I, I don't doubt that he'll end the season with a really solid points tally. Yeah, he probably will, but yeah. Not okay. Excited. okay, and then here we go. We, we, st- we spoke about them earlier, and I have to say, I think they're one of the most sort of conflicting teams right now in FPL because of their defence, midfield, and attack, but it's uh, Spurs. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I have to have Tonic. I just honestly do. I think Conte is unfucking real. I love that guy. Like, yeah. really, he's just a ridiculously good manager, and he'll get the both best out of both of them. And they're both playing striker, and I'm sure Tink will be doing a lot more than he did last season. Because the end of last season, he was playing a lot better. He's playing a lot higher. Yeah. Uh, so I hope that continues. He's on pens. So I think if you're going to pick one, I, I mean, it's hard to do. But if you could honestly get two. But if you're going to go two, I feel like you have to get a premium, which is just a difficult thing to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, Kane's, Kane is obviously, <laughs> you know, in contention with Haaland. So you pick one or the other. Son, if you want that, you know, that if you have that premium in midfield. But honestly, going under the radar, who I really like, Kulazewski, 8.0 midfield. Mm-hmm. And I know people talk about Richarlison as a sort of replacement almost for... Kulisevsky, but Thomas, you'll know this better than me. But how often did Richarlison play right wing for Everton? He didn't play anywhere. Up there. He didn't play uh, any, and that's any. a fluid. It's it's such a fluid front three anyway because it's content. Yeah, it's basically I mean, just, it's just running around in circles together. What what only Son really goes all the way. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, have to say, I think Kulisevsky is relatively safe because Richarlison Richarlison is suspended for that first game, so Kulisevsky is guaranteed to start. And if he puts in a good performance against Southampton at home, which is entirely possible, then he has a sort of run of games where he'll be nailed in the team. Richarlison could come on as a sub for any of that front three. It doesn't have to be him. And, and you know, we saw last season that he, that was just it when he arrived in the Prem, he was already banging. Imagine after a full preseason and, you know, being yeah. more touch the players. Honestly, Tom, I I do agree that Kuzetsky's good for minutes. Um, but I think 
him and Son are going to be the ones sharing the minutes between each other. Yeah. Uh, Kane's very unlikely to come off, but I think it will happen a couple of times when they're up. I think it's easy for Charles to go off again. Um, but he, they're not exactly like light players. But Richardson's a bit more like Son. He's obviously not as fast, but they play kind of similar styles where they like to play in open space. So and they can play, both play back to goals. So I, I think that's very likely. While Kusevsky is more of a runner and a creator. So yeah, um, I think Son will probably get hurt the most out of that front three. Maybe Kulisevsky just because Son is so important. Um, but when they're up, I can see Richardson coming off the Son a lot. Yeah. And I, yeah, I just think ultimately it's, there's just so many options, you know, there's so many ways to go about this that, you know, you could either go, you could either make the right decisions and be completely backfired or you can, you know, you can make some wrong decisions and somehow get rewarded with the amount of, options that we can sort of style our teams you know you can you don't have to have Kane you don't have to have Son you can have both you can you know try to cover them with Kudazewski or you can go with the double man City it's just really difficult to sort of find a balance where you obviously want to bring in these players but you know we don't have all the money to do it yeah it's that that big wheel also Perisic is a really really good option yeah so let's 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 move on to the defense so so Perisic we saw he got you know, he got over 15 goal contributions, I think, from left wing back last season for Inter. And I think if anyone, if any of you guys watch the highlights for the Roma game, uh, you'll see that the positions that Perisic and actually also Doherty, while we were talking about defenders, they were so high up the pitch. Like they were almost crossing yeah. to each other in the box. Like there was one where Perisic crossed it into the box for, head, for Doherty, where he just, he just uh, hit it over. And then you also look at the way that Perisic plays as like, a, it, because he was, transition from a winger to a fullback he's a selfish fullback which cuts in and shoots and as an FPL asset that is so valuable the fact that he will take on shots by himself and we know that he is a fantastic you know long shot taker slash you know cut in and shoot you can do it all and he could you know he could break records if he plays as much as he you you hope for that Spurs you know Spurs defense yeah, I think he's good for going one. So I think it's fair to put him in your teams and then see it out. It's a good point. It's a very good point. Yeah, but as as we know, I think both of them, I think Perisic more, so he is definitely going to be a rotation risk. Like Ryan Sessegnon, I think he's highly I think he's highly rated by by Conte, but not not trusted on yet. So they obviously brought in Perisic in this sort of short-term deal. Um and also we if you look at the stats from Conte's last season at Inter, uh, Perisic actually didn't play a whole lot of minutes. I think he only played like 1,700 of the 3,500 minutes available. He only played half the minutes available, but he in that time, he did smash the goals and assist. So you just got to get get it right in terms of playing yeah. Perisic. Yeah. Um, I mean... I've got nothing else on Spurs. You guys kind of. I mean, I'm going to move on to Doherty. Yeah, <laughs> we did. We did speak on Perisic. Um, yeah. I mean, Doherty, in in the few games that he played under um, under Conte, he was he was also electric as well. Like five mil, I think that Spurs defense is going to be a much improved defense in terms of their clean sheets. And I think he was getting something like zero point four uh, expected goal involvements per ninety, which as a defender on FPL is is you know that could that could bang you a load of points and he's currently at one percent ownership there is doubts about his playing time which 
is completely warranted. He's got Jed Spence, new signing, and Emerson. But I do think he is the um, the number one choice when fit. But there's he's you know he's still getting back to full fitness, so I do expect some rotation for the start of the season. I think a lot of Spurs fans are saying that Emerson will play in that game week two game against Chelsea because he's just a better defender, which is fair. But I don't think it's bad if you do bring in Doherty and he doesn't play against Chelsea because you'd rather him play against all the weaker teams so it could work out in your favour. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's just also that he's that half mil option from Perisic if you're strapped exactly. for cash, honestly. And I think at this stage of, yeah. of the of the preseason with all of our tinkering, that, that 0.5 goes a long way in terms of moving. And yeah, 100%. Uh, it's not as easy once. I think I, definitely I've noticed in my team that the more I look at it, there's more guys I look at who are like nailed in my team. So it's harder to sort of shift players on. Um, okay, West Ham. Um, I mean, none of the, no Jared Bowen for me right now, if I'm honest with you guys. The yeah. legend of last season, but... Yeah. Uh, nothing at the moment, uh, that looks like, I guess, enticing to me. Yeah. They have an interesting run of fixtures, obviously Man City first day. So I don't really plan on having them in. Yeah. But maybe they get like around game week three, like where Bright is, and then they play Villa and then Spurs. I think that could be an option to bring one of them in. Uh, yeah. I mean, what's it? Uh, Skamaka as well. Yeah. I don't know how to say his name. It, at seven mil, I think that's... I think that's an interesting one, depending how he plays and all that stuff. But that's something for just for later on in the season. Yeah, nothing sure. to start off yeah. game week one. Yeah, yeah, he, he's he's supposed to be the sort of like Zlatan regen. But again, yeah, first season Antonio's the number nine there. Like, you know, he's going to be bedding in it. He'll be slowly bedded in. So there's no reason to put him in your team in day one. But yeah, I'm looking at this team now. I I was touting Tommy Suchek on Twitter not long ago, but I've sort of changed my tune with him recently. I think. I, I look to him as almost like a James Ward-Prowse where I could have him in my team and play him against anyone because I was watching his his highlights in preseason and he literally run to the box the way that like Fellaini used to back in the day. And They've I also was, got Conference League, by the way. I com- that. So they do have Conference League, but I think the way that most people yeah. will treat the Conference League is they will play their B teams until the sort of knockouts. So I wouldn't worry about that too much. Um. Yeah, I completely forgot that they had that. I thought they just yeah. missed out on it with that with uh, with Leicester. But yeah, no. So they they actually probably should have qualified in the end because they lost in the final game week. Where if they'd won, they would have got Europa League. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, Bowen eight point five. I think most people will agree. I think he's just priced that 0.5 mil too much. Where you know you can get Mount Saka, Kulusevski, all for 0.5 cheaper. I don't doubt Definitely. that Bowen will be class this season as well. And I and I'll probably have my team at some point. But just again, yeah. start the season off. Tough fixtures, you know, 8.5 price. Maybe just a wait and see with him. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think that's probably just enough on, on West Ham. I don't really have anything else on, right, let's talk on them that looks too good for me. But yeah, Wolves. We've got yeah. six minutes left, so we'll end on Wolves. Actually, Wolves, Wolves are definitely an interesting team. Like, um, 100%. I think that whole... So their front three right now is supposed to be Pedro Neto, huge, hugely touted on Twitter. 5.5 mil. Yeah. You know, he's was electric in his last full season and he's he had an injury, but I, I I've had the same injury as an ACL. You can get over that. Um <laughs> yeah. Man, uh, speaking of experience. <laughs> speaking of experience. And then you also have Morgan Gibbs White, 5.5. I think he got yeah. 
he got 20 goal contributions in the championship last season. He, you know what? He could prove to be a good asset. Daniel Pudence, our position striker, 5.5 as well. Could prove to be a good yeah, the Walmart Hazard. <laughs> Walmart, Walmart Hazard, exactly. And they've Wolves actually have the, a very, very good start in terms of their fixtures. Yeah. So they've apart they've, from Spurs in game week three. If I'm getting game week three, but outside of that, their first sort of six fixtures are really, really targetable. And then yeah, definitely. You know, Jose Sar, goat of last season. Um, I think Wolves Wolves have sort of tidied up their defense a little bit from the last stretch of last season where they sort of fell off a cliff. Um and then you've got the fullbacks, Johnny and Aiton Nuri, 4.5 million. Both of them have been really good in preseason. I, you know, I, Johnny and Aiton Nuri have been, you know, getting assists in preseason, good fixtures, definitely capable of clean sheets. And um, yeah, I think that's like some of Wolves. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Yeah, especially with Jimenez now, he's going to be out for with a knee injury and stuff. They don't really have anything else going forward. So those, Cheaper options in the midfield with Neto, Potence, I mean, those guys. I was, uh, I was will really definitely be on, interesting. I think those. I was really stuck yeah. on Neto uh, not long ago before Jimenez's injury, but now that Jimenez is yeah. injured, I've I'm now sort of double taking Neto. Like I really, really like him, but I think with Jimenez being a focal point up front rather than Potence being sort of like, you know, trend you know, a player that, that they can be like quite a flexible front three. I think it suits Neto more to have a striker to play off rather 100%. than to be that sort of, you know, flexible front three, which means... Yeah, and especially, especially coming in at 5-5, five, five, it's it's almost like a no-brainer in that instance yeah, yeah, until the sure. is back to like full fit. So. Yeah, definitely. I thought I, I thought Neto was a no-brainer. Like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I never looked at him in my draft because I just thought he'd be there game week one. But now mm-hmm. there's a few different sort of strategies and looking at where maybe he's not in there or he could be in there because, you know, with that value for money at that price, I don't doubt that he's going to be good, good, uh, have a good season. Yeah, 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 100%. Like, yeah I mean, he's, he's owned by 18.9%, so 19% of the, of the field right now, which is yeah. very interesting. Yeah, which, yeah, again, like, I, I completely understand that he's, I think, I mean, I was having a look at his highlights and he's, so such a good player when he's when he's fit and I completely back him to get back to back to his best but again I think it comes down to Jimenez's injury and I think someone I saw a stat on Twitter where his expected goal involvement goes down when Jimenez is not on the pitch which which just says what I which I said where he needs that sort of focal point to play off and yeah. I think now there are a few questions about Neto's sort of nailed because I would say that he was he was actually um Almost essential, almost essential with Neto f- fit, but now he's now there's some question marks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. guys. I think Thomas, Thomas, want to add anything? You haven't been active. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean West Ham was. I, I don't really have much to say to West Ham. Except I love Bowen, but he's not. He's a bit too much for now. Maybe when he hits some form. Um, but for for now is, is a cool option. Maybe. Okay. Uh, ben Rock, well, I think Ben Rock getting pushed out or something. I don't, I don't even know. I still, okay. I yeah, know. I, I oh, that's, good. And, uh, that's the end of the preseason pod. <laughs> we'll try to do one more where we talk about our drafts. And yeah, that's that's episode one of the 22 23 season. We'll, yeah, we'll back. <laughs>